in training the mind. It's wise to expect uh, a lot of failure along the way. If we approach the, the practice, mind training, from a very idealistic point of view, we should get it right all the time. We should be able to be mindful of the body, feelings, moods and thoughts. We should be able to concentrate our attention on the breath, on our footsteps. We create a, perf a kind of polished and perfected image of how we should be and then we compare the actuality of our experience against that. And over and over again we fall short, we fail, we're not good enough, not trying hard enough, don't succeed enough, could do better. This is what happens if we put the ideal as the priority. The ideal is like a, a Buddha image. It's up on the shrine and it creates a certain standard. The Buddha image has been sitting there on the shrine here in the temple since 1999. It hasn't moved. Seventeen, eighteen years hasn't needed to move because the Buddha's knees don't ache, doesn't need to breathe or eat. It's an ideal. So it's useful to have an ideal as an informing presence, but we put it off to the to the edge. We have that as a a guiding, informing presence, being ever mindful, ardent, wakeful. That's the ideal. But the actuality of our felt experience in the present is what we put at the very center. So the ideal is a, a guiding, informing presence. But it's just that. And most of our attention needs to go on to how the mind handles this moment, this thought, this emotion, this feeling. Not dwelling on how it should be, could be how it might be if I got it all right all the time. This is rather like going on a, a long walk. You know you want to walk to Ivinghoe Beacon or to Chithurst or to Northumberland, Scotland. That's the goal, you know the uh, long-term destination, but the majority of the attention needs to be 
in where your feet are meeting the ground. How rough is the path? Are there any roots to trip over? Are there any puddles to avoid? What's right in front of us? What's right here? In the ground beneath our feet? If we take care of the immediate felt experience, this emotion, the body now, these thoughts, this time, this day, if we take care of that in a skillful way, then the journey looks after itself. We know what the long-term destination is. We know Nibbana is the goal of the holy life. We know perfect concentration, unremitting mindfulness. These are the goal. We have that as a direction, but where we need to put most of our attention is this scattered mind, these feelings of loneliness or agitation, this obsessive thought, this planning, imaginative tendencies of mind, reminiscing, thinking of the past, regretting, longing, whatever it might be that is arising here and now, this is what needs to be received, known and worked with. So the way of the Buddha is a, a realism rather than an idealism, working with the reality of this body, this mind, these feelings, here and now, rather than how I should be, an idealized image of the perfect me, the perfect practitioner, the perfect nun, the perfect monk, wise and kind, peaceful and calm, wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. The perfect lay practitioner, the ideal meditator. Let that be like the, the golden Buddha image upon the shrine. Helps to set a direction, but it's not where we are. So when we call something a failure, trying to concentrate and failing, that's just one way of describing what's being experienced. Trying to be mindful, experiencing distraction. We can say, I'm failing to be mindful, I'm failing to concentrate. Be aware that that's just one way the mind can label the experience, rather than thinking of it as, as failure, instead we can see it as a natural training process, like learning a language or learning a, to play a musical instrument, a child learning to walk or ride a bicycle or swim, play a sport.
takes time, application, patience, interest to develop the skills. This means we need to establish at the very basis of our attitude, the way in which we pick up the body, the mind, the world, to establish an attitude of loving-kindness, or what I call radical acceptance. Opening the heart to the way things are. This particular mood, this particular illness or sensation, this particular responsibility or whatever the pattern of thinking, feeling might be. To establish the basis of, of uh, acceptance means to open the heart to the way things are. In this moment, it is exactly this way. Completely, totally, this way. It's exactly like this. There's no other way it should be or could be. The felt experience of this body, this mind, this life is exactly this way, in this moment. So metta is that openness to that. Yes, here it is. Life has this texture in this moment. Here it is. It's accepted received. It doesn't mean to say that we like it or we approve it, approve of it as being something wholesome or beautiful. It might be that what is being accepted is an angry or vengeful feeling, hatred for some other member of the community. It might be fear or regret, loneliness, jealousy might be any kind of painful emotion, things that are not likable. But if that's what's here, if there's a, a wave of anger and resentment, here it is, feels like this. A wave of loneliness, despair, feels like this. Similarly, excitement, busyness, endless chattering and commentating of the mind, creating one excited thought after another. Here it is. The chattering mind is exactly this way. So as Lumpo Sumato has emphasized over and over again, loving things, having metta for things, doesn't mean that we have to like them. Some experiences are likable. Delicious tastes, beautiful sights, friendly faces. These are naturally likable. The challenge with the things that are likable or pleasant is to accept them without grasping, without creating ownership, possessiveness. 
a task with the, the bitter or difficult, painful states is to accept them without resentment, without identification, without excusing them, recognizing them just as they are, without adding anything on to them. Anger feels like this. Regret feels like this. Delight feels like this. The perfect flavor feels like this. The heart of loving kindness is uh, the basis for all concentration, all insight. Unless the heart can be truly open to every experience, unbiased, not favoring the pleasant, the painful, or the neutral, only if it is truly unbiased can steadiness of mind, samadhi, be established. Only when the, the heart is completely unbiased can there be true insight, not picking and choosing between what's liked or disliked, wholesome or unwholesome, internal or external, coarse or fine, pure or impure. The heart of radical acceptance, metta, is that completely open, receptive quality. The heart that embraces everything, forgives every mistake, does not claim ownership over every, every success. When we establish this attitude of, of acceptance, every, everything belongs, being the fundamental principle, then into that open space of receptivity, of acceptance, then the wisdom faculty plays a part. Discriminating wisdom recognizes this is wholesome, this is unwholesome. This is sustained, it'll lead to trouble, pain, difficulty. If this is sustained, it'll lead to happiness, peace, clarity. So wisdom informs skillful choices. Wisdom is that faculty that recognizes the wholesome the unwholesome, the neutral. And that choice can be made not because of fear of, of the unskillful, hatred of, of uh, the unwholesome, the unskillful, the painful, or the desire for the beautiful, the wholesome, but rather like coming to a, a junction in the road you know that the destination is north, you get down to the crossroads in, Little, in Great Gadsden, you go left towards Leighton Buzzard in the north. 
you don't go right towards Hemel in the south. You know that the eventual goal is northwards. When you get to the junction, go left. doesn't mean you hate the right or fear it, resent it. doesn't mean that the turning to the left needs to be grasped or owned or claimed as ours. just means you get to the junction, turn left. In exactly the same way, on the basis of acceptance, loving-kindness, when the wholesome arises, choose the wholesome. When the unwholesome arises, let go. We make mistakes, we get distracted, get lost, find that we meant to go left to the north and took a right instead, so the mind gets drawn into following an unwholesome trait, buying into agitation, resentment, fantasy, pursuing a desire, then realizing, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be going north. Why is the sun in front of me? It's noon and the sun is right ahead. That means it must be south. Okay, turn around, head in the other direction. We don't have to hate ourselves for having taken a wrong turn. We don't have to blame the road, blame the vehicle. Just recognize this road is going in the direction that I don't wish to go. This is heading towards pain, difficulty, alienation. Okay, turn around. This is a way of guiding the mind, learning to make skillful choices, giving direction to the mind in skillful ways so that the unwholesome is restrained from arising. If it has arisen, it's let go of. It means the wholesome is brought into being. And if it's arisen, then it's maintained. It's not based on self-view, it's not based on compulsion, it's not based on idealism. It's based on a natural attunement of the heart to the present reality. The application of loving-kindness, mindfulness and wisdom, metta, satipanya. With these as the basis of practice, then, no matter how many times we take a wrong turn, then we notice, we realize, take action. Continually reset the direction towards clarity, peacefulness, non-identification, freedom, 